Oh god, I'm getting so tired. That's gonna be the intro. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Like Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to episode 40-something uh, of Birds vs. Boys, everybody. The playoffs are almost complete. We only have four quarters of NFL football left. That's it, Aiden. I don't know about you, but at the beginning of the playoffs, I start counting down like, okay, we have 12 NFL games left, and then championship weekend comes, and then I'm, I start counting down by quarters, and I'm like, we have six quarters of football left, and I, I get very... I get very sad, but I'm very excited to be recording right now with you, as I'm sure everybody else is excited for listening. So thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 40-something of Birds vs. Boys. We've made it this far. We're going to power through the Super Bowl and through the offseason and hopefully into prosperous seasons for the Cowboys and Eagles next season. As always, KMS here with you and big man Aiden. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the kind words. I'm kind of, to me, the NFL season right now is like how I felt at senior week. It was really fun in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I get tired of it during the middle of the week. And now here at the end of the road, I'm kind of just ready to be done and focus on next year because it didn't go according to plan. So, but you know what, to, uh, to another season, we're, we're one game away from putting this in the past. Before before we move forward and start talking about the Eagles, the Cowboys, and uh, and what's going on, I have a way for next season that college football and the NFL can can tweak things this time of the year, right? Yeah. So college football plays their national championship game on a Monday, which is ass asinine and outrageous. But I get it; they don't want to put it on a Saturday night due to conflicts with the NFL. Play it this past Saturday night championship weekend there's nothing going on saturday can you imagine the ncaa college football national championship saturday night leading into the nfc and afc championships on sunday well if they expanded to eight teams like they should then that's what would happen exactly you an entire extra week to play that out but i mean we're just two smart guys no one cares about our opinion <laughs> and i think the nfl needs to also add like um Instead of the Super Bowl, like the mediocre bowl. And then next Sunday, the Bills and Packers would be playing for third place in the NFL. So we don't have that gap. I don't think you could sell Aaron Rodgers on that third place game. No one would play. Hey, Love would play. Jordan, yeah, I was going to say that that would lead more controversy if he played well against the the guys of the Bills who didn't opt out. So yeah, a lot of fun. I like the where we were headed until you were like, let's throw Aaron Rodgers in a third place game for a bronze medal. Hey, if you don't want to be in the third place game, beat Tom Brady. That's fair. That is very fair. I'm sure we'll get into that. All right. Where do you want to? Uh, we had a ton to talk about. We have playoffs, and but I think something happened in Philly, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, can we start with patting ourselves on the back? That's a great place to start for me always. Pat yourself on the back. You called it. Yeah, Sirianni. I I just felt I just couldn't see them going down the Josh McDaniels road. And the more it led on and the further away they got from his, his interview, the more I thought that it was going to be Sirianni. And we talked about that. Uh, it, it happened right after our last show. So we yep. kind of led that in. It almost sounded like we had insider knowledge, just the yeah. way we talked last week. We were like, we I did don't know about McDaniels, you know, like uh, Lincoln Riley hasn't said no, but it's kind of, it's a long shot, but Sirianni, he's the guy. We don't have inside sources. We're not at that point yet, but <laughs> we did. It did kind of sound like that last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, when I saw the news break, <clears throat> um, I was like, yep, there it is. There it is. Aiden was correct. Um, and I was I was trying to listen to every single pundit pronounce his name because, like you said, I think you want to be able to pronounce it correctly by the end of his tenure with the Eagles. Um, and then all of the Italian gifs and memes start coming out, and it, it was just hilarious. I've never finished The Sopranos. Is that bad? Uh, the Sopranos is top three show all time for me. I think everyone who's watched it has told me that. Every, except for eddie like, eddie apparently just started watching well, it and quit already like eddie i say this all the time when i say this guy's blue he says it's green so that doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> but yeah so that that happened we got all the jokes out all the hot takes were out mm-hmm. i think i think though i can provide a take even days later i know he got announced today but we've kind of known it's been coming i think i can provide a take that no one has had yet i'm, I'm intrigued Okay, so everyone, including national talking heads who are in the know, like analysts and stuff, they've said this was a move. It's all about the quarterback. It is to fix Carson Wentz. They want Sirianni to help this quarterback position and retool it. I think from the videos that I've seen, and I know he was a wide receiver coach, honestly, I think this is great for the wide receivers and the the amount of work he does with the wide receivers. And, And here's why. I, I, I went back and did the research. The last two receivers that you could say that the Eagles drafted and developed were Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin in 2009. Mm-hmm. I counted up all the receivers from 2010, start of the decade on. They've drafted 10 of them. Here they are. Riley Cooper, Marvin McNutt, Josh Huff, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Reger, John Hightower, Quez Watkins. How do I not know that you drafted a guy named Marvin McNutt? Yeah, out of out of Iowa. He's actually pretty good in college, but obviously not good here. And that doesn't even count guys like Bryce Treggs, Paul Turner, Travis Fulgham, who have flamed out. Maybe Fulgham not. But he does extensive work with wide receivers. He's a wide receiver coach. Uh, in those viral videos you saw of him, he was working with the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think a, a huge issue that has stretched – for the for literally what I just detailed, an entire decade, they have not been able to draft and develop wide receiver talent, and this guy can. If you want to fix your quarterback, how about giving him a reliable receiver to throw to? That's step right. one in fixing him. Give him a weapon. That'll solve a lot of problems. So I think Sirianni was brought in more for his extensive work with wide receivers, which has been a huge weakness. I think you could be completely onto something and something that like you said no one's really talking about but it makes perfect sense the the wide receiver position kind of has been 
much more of an issue for the Eagles than the quarterback position has been. You get producer Vince asking for Keenan Allen. You get Keenan Allen with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to look like a different quarterback. Well, he he did coach Keenan Allen, so he coached uh, a, a few exactly. of those guys. Yeah, so a few guys uh, up with the Chargers, and then like T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis. Another guy, Dante Pittman, who was drafted in the second round last year, who often gets forgot about because the guys like Claypool, T. Higgins, stuff like that. Like he was hurt early in the season and came on and had a fantastic year. And another rookie right receiver who made an impact. I just read off three receivers that didn't for the Eagles. So, like I said. His work with the receivers intrigues me way more than the work with the quarterback. I mean, I hate it from a Cowboys perspective because I think I hate seeing all of these pundits too are saying like, well, you know, I think he's going to be a B-level coach and that's that's as high end as he's going to get. He's average. He's a puppet. He's this. He's that. That just screams to me he's going to be successful because it's it's kind of under the radar. It's not flashy. It's not a Lincoln Riley, and that scares me. I was going to say I'm glad that we don't have flashy. I I would like to fly under the radar and not get talked about. I think there was one specific pundit who said that, and that one specific pundit, like I said last time, is a very good writer. The truth, not his forte. Yes, negativity very much up his alley. So I don't know. I take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I like it. People saying that he's just like a B level guy. Like there's nothing, no flash to his name. It's not like McDaniel's or, or Lincoln Riley. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> I just want this guy to be a normal guy. Just be normal and I'll be fine. I'm just tired. Hire, hire other good coaches around you, and let's just get to work. Yes, exactly. And you're correct. Uh, good point by you talking about the, the coaches. So that's where we're at now is them formulating the coaching staff. So they hire this defensive coordinator who seems to be like the hot guy. I don't know if you do this, but when the reporters say he was a hot target for a bunch of teams, I'm like, well, he must be good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have no idea who he is, but if everybody else wanted him, we must have done something right. Yes. <laughs> that's how i determine if somebody's good or not if somebody else wanted him that means he's good that's that was it's like the you know it's like the girls in high school if, ever, if all the guys wanted to wanted to date her she must be you wanted to date her. <laughs> yeah it's a, i do that with players too so like if if somebody leaves a team in free agency and that fan base is like ah oh, i can't believe we lost this guy and they're mad about it i'm like hey you must be a steal <laughs> yeah like javon hargrave all the steelers fans were were mad that they lost him i think i was duped because i i don't know what they were so mad about i would have been disgruntled but they were very upset and i haven't seen that yet i think they were more upset just for the fact that he came to philadelphia maybe but they were like upset that he left oh yeah no Uh, yeah so this he comes from uh the colts right this defensive coordinator Yes. As well. mm-hmm. The your secondary coach. That's right. Which, and then he hired offensive coordinator from the Chargers. Chargers, yes. So Jonathan Gannon is the defensive coordinator. He was yep. the secondary coach in Indianapolis. Uh, my good friend Jack Fritz tweeted this, and it could not be more spot on. If Gannon just teaches these stupid corners to just turn when the ball is coming, his work here is done. If he does nothing else, just get these guys – to turn their head when the ball is in the air, and we will build you a statue next to the stupid one that Bud Light gave us. I promise you. 
Just get the get them to turn your head. Get Jalen Mills to realize that the ball is coming, and we will thank you forever. Just show tape of Kevin King in the NFC championship game and say, don't play like this. <laughs> there was like uh, somebody had a tweet about that. And it was the ridiculous graphic where, you know, it's like th- uh, they'll show a secondary member and it'll be like thrown to <laughs> completions. <laughs> it'll be like he's been thrown at eight times. Seven of those passes have been completed. 106 yards, two touchdowns. Oh. And they were like, we got to put his graphic in the Hall of Fame. And it was like next to two Eagles. And it was like uh, Byron Maxwell, Ronald mm-hmm. Darby was up there, like thrown mm-hmm. at eight times against when he was guarding uh, Julio Jones. And then Jaquette this year. Sure. trying to cover the Cowboys. It was like thrown at seven mm-hmm. times, gave up 6 million yards. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow, I'm so glad we made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Congratulations. We will. Uh, you may be part of the BVB end of season awards. Hall of Fame memes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what about the uh, this offensive coordinator? Do you know much about him? I do. Um, so more extensive work with the wide receivers. Again, I'm sensing a trend, and I feel like no one's really talking about this. Yeah. Uh, so, so I know more about the defensive coordinator than the offensive coordinator, but I'm still intrigued. And this is a guy who's coming from the L.A. Chargers as well. Um, and again, the L.A. Chargers offense, he worked with Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert was good. This is how I make my determinations. Yep. He had a rookie quarterback. The rookie quarterback might win offensive rookie of the year in a week from now. And we're going to get into our predictions for that later. That's all I need to know. <laughs> you want to fix the quarterback and you have the rookie of the year quarterback. All right. I'm in. You sold. I'm in. Done. Sold. <laughs> that's yeah. That's kind of the extent of me knowing about him as well. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn didn't seem to be a great head coach, but their offense this year played well. They were in. Many, many, many games that they should have won this year that they just like they chargered, aka they falconed. So, and that wasn't always the offense's fault. They have, they, you know how they, you know how I feel about these teams. It's, it is game management. They don't have a bad offense or a bad defense. They just have a dumb brain. Yes. They have a dumb collective brain, is what it is. That's all it is. (laughs) They're just like, yep. All right. There's 12 minutes left. Um, how can we screw this up? We're up 24 to six. Blink. We're down 27, 24. <laughs> How about uh, just the Falcons can never escape the torture that they create for themselves. How about Aaron uh, or I'm sorry, Matt LaFleur deciding to kick the field goal. It was the first time in a goal to go situation under four minutes, in one possession game. And somebody has kicked the field goal since Dan Quinn with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> like they, every historical screw up of all time, the Falcons are Those, that the kicking that field goal too in the NFC Championship game to me with Aaron Rodgers on the field. It just they they got away too. I know we're this is a different, but they I just I I hate when offenses get into goal to go situations and completely lose what got them there. Like yes. they were just pounding the ball, running it for like six yards at a clip. And then they're like, oh my God, we have first and goal, throw it, second and goal, throw it, third and goal, throw it. And I'm like, what? You couldn't run it on first down? Run it on second or third to set yourself up. You're If you're in goal to go situation and you need a touchdown and it's four down territory, 
just run it on second or third, get to the five and make that easier. Now it's fourth and goal from the nine, and it's almost impossible. Can I can I just get this out here because no one's gonna agree with me? I didn't hate the field goal. I didn't hate it. But I agree with you. I hate the play calling that led to the point where they had to make that decision from the nine yard line when they could have made that decision from the four. Yes. Like that's what I have a bigger issue with. They have a rookie running back who literally people were on his back and he was he could have carried six guys into the end zone. His legs exactly. rival Saquon's. Yeah, he's one of those backs that always falls forward. So you're yeah. getting you're getting Aaron Rodgers with two shots from the five if you run it on second down. Yeah. But I digress. But yeah, so I didn't hate the field goal. And I know everyone's like, whoa, st- then you still need a touchdown. Yeah, but it's a little bit different. You you don't need a two-point conversion anymore. You just win the game. Yep. You know, like if you kick that field goal, if you get a stop, all right, then you have, you don't have a two minute warning because that guy slid. Like it was like a football IQ went right out the window for a conference championship game. Yes. It was wild. But all right. So you don't need the two point conversion. If you score a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers, who has led that comeback a zillion times, you just win. Personally, against my Dallas Cowboys, a zillion times in the playoffs. One of my favorite memes of all time is all the Cowboys fans cheering. And it's at the Cowboys Stadium. And it's the one Packers fan. And it's like two minutes, 12 seconds left. And the Cowboys are winning. <laughs> the, the Packers fan just laughing. He's like, they have no idea what's about that. <laughs> I saw that. I've seen that movie too many times, man. It's, and it happened. Devontae Adams scored a touchdown to win the game. <laughs> yep. Too many times. This guy. They're yeah. celebrating with 130 left in the fourth LMAO. <laughs> It's 31-28 Cowboys. <laughs> they don't even tie the game. They don't even kick a field goal. They just flat out score a touchdown. <laughs> yep. It was great. That was great. Oh, that's a great meme. Uh-huh. <sighs> I know great. we, we kind of got it off track with the conference championship. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, the only Real other thing quicker, I get... Shout, shout, out, shout out my wife bringing me down some tea. Throat's a little parched today. Talking. Oh, and look at this. It's a Merry Christmas mug, too. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. January 25th. I I think the rest of them are in the uh, dishwasher. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. All right. This is sponsored by uh, Hallmark Christmas Movies (laughs) and Stateside Vodka. You make it. Put that in your tea. (laughs) I should. Well, since your throat is hoarse, I will say my last point about the Eagles before we get into some other topics. Deuce Staley on his way out the door. This may be another hot take, but I don't get the the Deuce love. The, well, I get it. I like him. I get the hoopla around it. Yeah. You know, so he's going to the Lions. He's going to the same position. People act like they were holding yeah. this guy back from head coaching jobs by not giving him the Eagles one. Nobody has requested like the Texans aren't knocking on the door. No. Or any other team. Like nobody else requested to interview him. Only players. And just that's all that it's been. I haven't heard one other organization have a, the slightest of interest. No, no, you know, and I, I get it. Like there should be more black coaches in the NFL. And Absolutely. if you're the Texans, like why is Eric Benamy not your coach? This is just the easiest no-brainer of all time and could save you from yep. losing a franchise quarterback who is top 10, if not top 5, in the entire I'm league. hire Jim Caldwell. 
Yeah, which I mean, it's great. Jim Caldwell mm-hmm. deserves a job, but Eric okay. Benemy, like, is just so obvious. I don't know why. But the Deuce thing, like, I don't get it. And I feel like this day was inevitable. Like, I, I never saw him being the head coach. No, never. And he had, there was like an obvious ceiling and he hit the ceiling, but they promoted him multiple times. He was one of the top paid assistants in the league. And he, he started, he was running backs coach and then he was, uh, he's assistant head coach and he got the promotion last year to co-offensive coordinator. Now he's just doing the same thing in Detroit. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Like, so is he going to be co-offensive coordinator in Detroit or just running no. back coach? He's co-head coach. So he'll be like right-hand man to, to Dan Campbell and the dude. running backs coach. Yeah. The dude, dude Campbell. But yeah, so it's like he just made a lateral move. And yeah. people acted like we were to holding this guy team. hostage. Yeah, it's like he, he probably made more last year here as yep. co-offensive coordinator getting a raise and a promotion than he will next year in Detroit. I don't know. I didn't get it. I, I I like the guy. I wish him nothing but success. Maybe it works out somewhere else and he gets a head coaching job somewhere. But I, I don't I didn't think it was the right time. He hasn't been a coach forever. I don't know. Like he might still have a chance. And who I, know. I mean, maybe he's a terrible interviewer too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the league is predicated around quarterbacks. He's a running backs coach. Yeah, exactly. And I don't I don't need my, my like I said, Doug Peterson made himself offensive czar and it created his downfall. Like he could have hired an offensive coordinator who's a quarterback guru. But, but I don't have a problem with them chasing a coach who wants that. I don't know. I love the uh the talk about Suri- Sirianni too, that he was on vacation when the Eagles called him. They're like, we want to interview you. And he's like, well, I'm on vacation and I don't have any suits. They're like, well, just come now. So he like interviewed in casual clothes and apparently Lori and Roseman wore casual. But like, why? It's 2021. Why the fuck does a head coach of a football team need to be in a suit for an interview to become a head football coach? That I don't know because you never wear a suit on the side. It's like the one job where you don't have to have a suit. Exactly. We're not, you know, <laughs> he's not selling bonds or stocks on the stock market. Just like, what? I don't get it. The Well, I think it reminded, I don't know if it reminded you, but it reminded me of the scene in Pursuit of Happiness when he shows up to the interview <laughs> and he was like, oh, what's the line? He's like, what would you say if, <laughs> if, if a guy showed up to an interview not wearing a, a suit top. And he's like, I'm sure he was wearing a really nice pair of pants. What a great movie. It is. I love that when he's in the yeah. crowd after he gets the job. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite scene. I posted anytime the Eagles have a big win. <laughs> this small part of my life is called I, happiness. <laughs> I can't take the scene when he's in there, when they're in the uh, bathroom trying to uh-huh. sleep. Oh god. Yeah, his son, who's his actual son in real yeah. life, and they're sleeping in a bathroom. Yeah. God. That's rough. Make me cry. Uh, Will Smith, the best. Yeah, here it is. it is. What would you say if a guy walked in for an interview without a shirt on and I hired him? He must have had on some really nice pants. That's literally how Nick Sirianni interviewed this week and got yep. the head coaching job of the Philadelphia Eagles. Perfect. But yeah, I, he's here. We were um I was in Florida last week. And the wife and I drove from um, Fort Lauderdale. We just went on a drive up to Boca. And I was like, oh, this isn't that far, I don't think, from uh, West Palm. I'm like, maybe I'll just 
We'll take a drive and interview. Interview. Yeah. It was an extensive list, man. You probably could have gotten away with it. <laughs> I was just outside. God, can I- Give me a chance. I just all of a Let's sudden I take you on FaceTime. My friend here has a lot of good ideas. I'd be in prison. <laughs> they, they gave me five minutes with how I wrote, but even if it was on FaceTime, I don't think I have, I have well. you on FaceTime. They're like, okay, Mr. Powers, if you become the head coach of the Eagles, what's the first thing you would do? Shoot this motherfucker in the head. <laughs> Guys, I have a plan. It's going to solve everything. Why don't you assholes draft better players? And get this fucking asshole out of here. That would be my answer to every question. So how do you improve Carson? Draft better players. How do you improve offensive efficiency? Draft better players. What's your first goal as head coach? Draft better players. How would you solve the nationwide pandemic? Draft better players. (laughs) That would be my answer to everything. How do we have cleaner bathrooms in the stadium? Draft better players. Because then people, people would be fucking in the bathroom puking because they're exactly. so bad at the bad play on the field. They drink less. They would want to watch the offense. They wouldn't be in line for drinks. They'd be less drunk. They wouldn't throw up and pee all over the place in the bathroom as much. Again, just draft better players. See? We Speaking think. of drafting better players, one of my favorite draft gurus, Daniel Jeremiah, yes. came out with his mock draft 1.0, and it affects both of our teams. And I thought I found it pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, so when you uh, sent it over, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So to set the scene for everybody, I did write a blog about this this week. Daniel Jeremiah is one of the top uh, NFL draft analysts. He works for NFL Network and he did the draft coverage on ESPN last year. If you'd like to know his legitimacy as an Eagles fan, he said last year, the Eagles wanted speed. That's why they went with Reger. But I don't know. I can't see passing on my 14th best player, Justin Jefferson, for my 56th rated player, Jalen Reger. So, yeah, I kind of trust his judgment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, he came out with his first mock draft and then immediately had to change it because the Lions were – and Matt Stafford mutually agreed to part ways. Yes. So in the original mock draft, he had the Eagles passing on Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith going to the Lions at seven. Mm -hmm. Patrick Sertan going to the Eagles at six. After the Matthew Stafford news, he flipped it, had Justin Fields going to the Lions at seven, had the Eagles taking Devontae Smith at six, and Patrick Sertan falling to ten. With the Cowboys. Which I would absolutely love if the Cowboys took Patrick Sertan at 10. If he's there at 10, that talent, I mean, he could be he could be a top five, top top six pick, I believe. Um, and then he gets to pair back up with his old teammate, Diggs, um, mm-hmm. who is basically the only defensive back that's going to be left. Uh, we'll see what happens in free agency. But uh, Sertan at 10 would be a steal for me, I would feel like, for the Cowboys. And he would be lining up against Devontae Smith twice a year. That's Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I, I was connecting it all full, full circle, and I didn't even realize, yeah, like he would just be covering his former teammate who's on mm-hmm. the Eagles. Mm-hmm. 
Twice a year. Yeah, that, in, in both top 10 picks. Here's a question for you that I just thought about because I do agree with you. I think Sertan at 10 would be an absolute steal and mm-hmm. just like a perfect necessity yes. for the Cowboys in a depleted secondary. Bigger steal, Sertan at 10 or CeeDee Lamb at 17? CeeDee Lamb at 17. I agree. I, I'm so pro CD Lamb. It's hard yeah. for me. I don't know though. Like it's easy now because like CD Lamb has played and we know he's not a bust. And Sertan hasn't played yet. And we don't know. But I don't know. Like I think getting a quality of player who <laughs> who might be top five in talent and getting him at ten. Yeah. Especially when your rival could take him and pass on him. I don't know. Like I, I think that'd be a, a huge steal at ten. It would be. And there's. There's a lot of um, talking heads in the Cowboys media and fan base that have um, – there's definitely some offensive linemen there at 10 that they're talking about. But um, Pitts at 10 for the Cowboys is a big talking point right now. And I, they have such holes on this defense. If they took another <laughs> weapon for this offense at 10 – I mean, Pitts is he's I think he's going to be a freak. He could be Travis Kelsey esque, but I, Kelsey was drafted in the third round, I believe. Um, and I, I, how do you just I mean, they Schultz had a great year at tight end this year. They didn't have Jarwin. They'll have Jarwin back next year. I just no, 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 no. Help the defense <laughs> like six straight draft picks should be on defense unless it's an offensive lineman. I, so I'm a big advocator for just best player available. Yeah. Just like, oh, you need, you need a receiver. Like, oh, no, 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 best player available, especially when you have a top 10 pick or first round in general. Best player available. Kyle Pitts could be the best player available, but I might have to break my rule. Like, you just can't go back to offensive skill position player. There's just too many holes. It, I don't know. No. But if Sertan is there at 10, he but, probably is the best player available over Pitts. Put the card but, in. But the, yeah, just that's that is definitely one they're gonna have to talk Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones out of. You can see that coming. You better hope and pray he goes at eight or nine, because come on, you know what's happening. Because well, uh, all right, so where does um oh yeah Daniel Jeremiah has Pitts going twelve to San Francisco, I believe, which is interesting to say the least. Well, yeah. on slow down there, Forest Fence. I know you have pick twelve. Pick eleven is the Giants, which would be. Hilarious. Uh, could you go up to eight and nine? I want to see who's before the the Panthers and the Broncos. Panthers? I don't know. It, I can see that being a landing place for Kyle Pitts. I'm thinking, like, who can save you from yourselves? Yes. I think so, the Panthers could probably save you from yourself. Both those both those picks at eight and nine, too, are big talking points for the Cowboys at 10. The offensive lineman from Oregon and then Farley as well, the cornerback from Virginia Tech who opted out this year and did not play, which mm-hmm. I don't love. Um, but it is interesting seeing him go one pick before Sertan. Yeah. Especially with the season Sertan had. Yeah. That opt-out really backfired on a lot of guys. Like Jamar Chase might not be the number one receiver anymore. A year ago, people were saying he was better than Justin Jefferson. And now Justin Jefferson is the rookie of the year. Maybe. Micah's dropping all the way to 15 in this draft. to the, And he Patriots. was considered – he was – Mel Kuyper had him as a top five pick yep. in his first mock – way too early mock draft at the end of last year. 
I mean, only, I get it. Only but. two picks before to the Vegas Raiders, I believe, is uh, my guy, Owusu Koromoa, a uh, linebacker from Notre Dame, who I think is going to be a great player in this league. I agree. To somebody in the middle there, get if Micah Parsons to pick 15 to the Patriots. We cannot keep letting the Patriots do this to us. That'll immediately backfire in all of us if we let that kid fall at 15. We cannot have it happen. Especially after they get, um, well, let's say trade this pick away for a quarterback. Yeah, which they could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was that was mock draft talk for the day. I'm sure we are going to be back in that for for cool pretty much every week because it's yeah. all we have to look forward to. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so that's uh, I think that's it for Eagles Cowboys this week. If if we want to hop into teams, I just have one good. one prediction for the Cowboys for next season. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear it. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are going to open the NFL season next year, hands down. Lock it in game set match they have both tampa bay and the chiefs on their schedule away next year imagine either game bucks win the super bowl chiefs win the super bowl thursday night against the cowboys dax return against the super bowl champions cowboys ratings that would be a ratings bonanza on thursday night lock it in vince mark the tape whether it's the bucks whether it's the Chiefs, whoever wins the Super Bowl, they will be opening the season at home against the Dallas Cowboys in Dak's first game back after injury. Uh, that's going to be really awkward when he goes to Chicago Bears. But no, do we play the NFC South next year? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Dallas has both teams on their schedule away next year. Huh. I thought we played – we just played the NFC West. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is the <laughs> we got the Falcons, baby. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It is mm-hmm. the it is the South. So yeah, we it would be Tampa Bay, and we play the West. So we would all of us would have yep. like. All of us that uh, we're talking about two teams on this podcast. Both of us would have both of those teams. I don't think the Eagles would be the opener. The only reason I say no is yeah, because the the too, who knows. The the Cowboys we have the Chiefs at home, so it would be impossible. I'm not sure about the Bucks. Bucks are at home too, so yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Big home games if we can get into the yep. into the stadium next year. The only other um, one I think maybe if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl is maybe a rematch because they have the Bills at home next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just ratings wise, Cowboy nobody puts butts in seats whether you love them or you hate them like the Dallas Cowboys. The ratings are unbelievable. And with Dak's return against the Super Bowl champs, can't wait to see them get their ass kicked week one. See, the only reason I'd say no is because the Cowboys draw on their own, so they wouldn't even – I don't know if they'd want to put all their eggs in one basket. So you have the the season opener that everybody watches, but also everyone always watches yeah. the Cowboys primetime game that's standalone. If you group that together, then what's going to be your 405 game? What's going to be your 820 game on Sunday? That's, really, that's the only way I don't yeah. I don't see it happening. It's because they always put the Cowboys there because they draw on their own. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't want it to happen. I wouldn't want to play Chiefs week one or, or Bucks. No. Maybe no, the only way I play the Chiefs week one is maybe Mahomes will still be drunk or something, but that's the only <laughs> I would not want to play them week one. <laughs> I don't want to play them ever. No, especially in warm weather. 
I would not wear them. You know, maybe when it gets cold, it, it, but in, oh, no, cowboys know. suck when it's cold. Yeah. No. Well, I don't know, but I think that she, you know, like high powered offenses predicated on speed. I've always felt I don't want to play them in September. I'd rather play them in December. Like I get where you're coming from, but from my standpoint, I like I'd rather get them in the cold. Yeah. You know, like I'd rather play the Bucks in the cold. Famous last words in 2002 than in the in the warm. The Chiefs just, I mean, you know, they've been they've been winning games real close, and everyone's like, ah, I don't know if they'll be able to just turn it on again this year. And <laughs> yesterday they were just like, yep, okay, we shut shut them down completely on our defense. Okay, we got that. Oh, you just want to just run all over them and throw? Okay, we got it. Just here's the button, press it. It reminds me in college of Ohio State in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You just you look at every matchup on paper and you, you tell yourself every other way. You're like, eh, you know, does this have a team have a chance for the upset? Hey, this team's pretty good. Like they can hang in for a while. All these things. No, Ohio State is two touchdowns better than everybody in the Big Ten. And there's no, you can look at it every single way. They just are. And I feel that about the Chiefs. They're better than two touchdowns better than anyone in the AFC. And it's just the way it is. We yep. can break it down on paper. And I wanted, like, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. But that was like the nicest thing I could say. I they I wouldn't be shocked if they won. Exactly. Uh, but I, I couldn't even come out and be like, they'll win the game. Because like, like I said, at the end of the day, they're just two touchdowns better than everybody else in that conference. And the Bills just looked overwhelmed. They, that was their, I thought that was their ceiling as a team. And the, the Chiefs have an unlimited ceiling. Would we like to bring Vince in and do the uh, BVB MVPs of the week since we're talking uh, about it? TikTok famous BVB MVPs. Hello, Vincent. Goodbye, Vincent. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's here for a second. (laughs) All right. Um, So we're going to go three, correct? We'll go from three three down to Mm -hmm. uh, one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. who would like to? I know I'm assuming Vince, you will go last and have I'll three people that we will never assume is coming. Yes, I'm assuming Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers aren't on your list. Uh, Kevin, between us, who would like to go first? You can go first. It's we always do the the triangle. All right. So uh, at three, I have Scotty Miller. That I love that play at the end yep. of the first half. It was so perfect. The, from the play call to the route to the ball, it was a dime. Uh, Antonio Brown, who I totally forgot he's on the team in the first half when yep. Scotty Miller scored. So Scotty Miller's my number three. Just for that play, it was one of the best plays of the year. Um, all right. Number three for me, I'm going to go to the AFC Championship game. And I'm going to go... The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. He just seemed to be all over the field. He was just jawing with everybody. Um, He had six total tackles, six solo tackles, a QB hit. He just he he was their lifeblood and just emotion too. Um, I just love the way he plays football, and I think that's because I wanted him on the Cowboys a few years ago when he was a free agent. I'm really pissed still that he's not. So uh, Tyron Matthew, three. Um, at number three, uh, we've done these collective MVP picks before. So I have 211 guys at number three. It is everyone except Devontae Adams. Uh, <laughs> this pick is especially for Aiden. He had uh, 
what was it like three weeks ahead of time you took Devonte adams nfc championship player of the game yeah so mvp of the week not Devonte adams like i needed him to be nope <laughs> for I some like, reason I, <laughs> I bet conference player of the week three weeks ago on the playoffs started Devonte adams did not work out <laughs> I don't know if you saw right before I went. I was like looking down. I was doing the math on how many other players played this weekend or on rosters this weekend. So 211 guys, the 211 guys that aren't Devontae Adams are my number three. I can't wait till you have to type that out on TikTok. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. And my number two, I have Jordan Whitehead from the Bucks. I, I that kid hits hard. Mm-hmm. And he forced that fumble on Aaron Jones. I thought that was one of the bigger turning points that doesn't get talked about. Yep. They came out of the half, and you thought, all right, Aaron Rodgers has some time. Immediately forced a fumble, and on the next play, the Buccaneers have another touchdown. The way that half ended and started was magnificent, and he just fucking hits hard. They hit hard, and I think that has been the reason they're in the Super Bowl. I did not believe in this Bucks team because they had great skilled position players, but I didn't see it everywhere else. This defense has been great. I think from the Bucks from after the Giants Monday Night Football game, I think they got a kick in the ass, and they've been great ever since. At number two, I'm putting two players together as one human: um, Shaq Barrett and JPP together, um, just as a tandem. Shaq Barrett had five tackles, three sacks, two forced fumble or a. Uh, two tackles for loss, and JPP had five tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. The dudes had five sacks between the two of them. They were just monsters, um, and that's how you beat Aaron Rodgers. They did it in the first game they played, and, the, and they did it to him again. So Shaq and JPP together. Good. At number two, uh, this had to be brought up, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh Cole Beasley, T.O., same guy. Spot the difference. <laughs> Find one difference between the two, but you can't. Greatest broken leg performance since the T.O. Super Bowl? I can find mm-hmm. a difference. Beasley's a better rapper. It? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Put the two guys next to each other and you know, give anyone a million dollars. Which one can rap better? Cole Beasley. Also, hey, congrats to Cole Beasley on pl- making it to the uh, conference championship game before the Cowboys. Good for him, man. Oh, speaking of real quick, too, this just brought in my head with um, Tony Romo announcing the game yesterday. And he's like, yeah, you know, their partner um, for Josh Allen here. In championship games, you get more comfortable with the more completions you throw. The more completions you throw in a championship game. You put- and I said, whoa, Tony. <laughs> What championship game did you play it? Because I yeah. didn't remember watching it. Yeah, who did you talk to about it? Because I don't remember that one occurring. Unbelievable. Donovan must have told him. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. That'd be he good advice from him. Because it didn't look like he got more comfortable as they went along. Maybe with more completions, he got less comfortable. They started going into the ground even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. My number one is Tariq Hill. I love that people draft. This is a direct shot at the Eagles. I'm just going to go out and say it. I love that people draft certain players thinking they're getting the next Tariq Hill. No, there isn't one. Doesn't He's exist. just the fastest guy alive. 
it's just this. There is no other Tariq Hill. You're not drafting Tariq Hill 2.0. He's just the fastest guy alive. That run where they lost him in coverage and then he took off, sometimes I forget how fast he is. That yes. guy, it's ridiculous. But he had 172 yards and just it changes the game. I'd be so exhausted as a defender trying to keep up with him all game. You do, you do, you do, and then he breaks off multiple runs of like 50 yards plus. It's just debilitating. He'll run like 240 yards on one play, and then mm-hmm. he looks fine. And you can't, he, you can't keep up. And then no. you, like you give up everything underneath to him because you're so scared of him going over the top. And then he's like, all right, fine. Give me the ball here. See ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you remember right. like peewee basketball? Like you were in like grade school and – I don't know if you guys were, you know, as athletically gifted as me. I know Kevin is as vertically gifted as I am. We're both, you know, giants. But do you remember, like, or at least for me, I remember, like, coach would be like, go guard that guy. And it was, like, the kid that, like, had no business playing with, like, other kids his age. He should play with the kids, like, four years older. Coach is like, mm-hmm. go guard him. And I'm like, why? Please? Like, <laughs> yeah, <support>. You sure? <laughs> can someone set a screen so we can switch? Like I, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we had a few kids like that. Playing, on our team. It's like guys just playing in a different universe. Yeah, I have um, played against many of those kids, and I've also coached many of those kids. This, um, I'll just show you guys for content wise. I was coaching these kids. They're they were in eighth grade, and that's me. And I was these like, kids four. Look legitimately six four, and they were in eighth grade pretty wild just dumb. yeah so yes i know exactly what you mean that's right. three kill <laughs> yes exactly so my number one same game uh the guy that was giving to kill the ball has to be patrick Holmes for me 325 yards three touchdowns he's just he's just the dude i hate his brother more than anything in life sorry tiktokers his brother needs to be silenced and put into a closet and just thrown away with the trash like just go away Okay, shut up. His girl, his well, I guess his fiance, soon to be baby mama, is less annoying than his brother. I just, where were the parents? Were they just always with Patrick, just just helping Patrick? Because they just forgot about this kid. I mean, probably. <laughs> he sucks, but Patrick is awesome, and he's number one. All right, uh, number one for me, I have Tyler Bass, kicker for the Bills. You know, a lot of people didn't like the outcome of that game. That uh, they didn't like that Sean McDermott kept kicking field goals. But you know, Tyler Bass did his job. He went four for four. He came and at, at some point he was probably like, "Hey, coach, you sure you want me to kick this? Like, you don't want to go for it?" <laughs> he hit two fifty-one yarders too, I think, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you think Mason Crosby also said that at the end of the Packers game, Coach? Are you, you sure you want me to go do that? <laughs> kicking team wait really us <laughs> you want us out there you know we have aaron Rodgers, right yeah are you sure it's like it's one of those classic one of those classic situations where you're like you don't agree with what he's doing but guy's doing his job damn well <laughs> fair enough all right so those are our bvb mvps of the week we'll have we'll be able to do that one more time here in two weeks before the season ends um, do we want to talk about some of the awards and just give quick predictions on some of them? Sure. Vince, do you have a list, by the way? Of because I don't want to do all of them. Like White Walter Payton Man of the Year, I think we can go without. 
<laughs> you want to list the awards you want the nominees? Uh, do they have nominees? That's what I was trying to research earlier. I think it's just whoever you want to vote for. Uh, in that case, yeah, let's do it that way. <laughs> so let's start here. Let's do rookies of the year. I think that's fair to start. Um, so do we want to do, uh, cause there's offensive and defensive. So mm-hmm. should we just start there and maybe I think MVP is locked up. It's Aaron Rodgers, so We don't need to do that. Done. So maybe just do defensive player of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Does that sound good to you guys? Okay. All right. So I'll, I will try to find some nominees here for you, read them off and then give you guys the opportunity to, uh, to respond. I got it. Hold on. Because they do have an odds tracker. What what award do you want first? I got the nominees. Let's do uh, a rookie of the year. All right. So I have the list. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you read it. Because for whatever reason, they don't have defensive rookie of the year, and that's it. All right. I'm going to have to flip up the order because it's it's odds in order of the odds of what they're going to win. So it's uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, CeeDee Lamb, James Robinson, Tua, Antonio Gibson, Chase Claypool, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. So of that list, what do you guys think? So I only have two options that couldn't realistically win this award, and I'll give you the guy I think is going to win it. I'll give you both. Justin Jefferson and Herbert. I think it's got to be Herbert. I will say Justin Jefferson, you know, this is like a huge upset for him to me, like barely better than Jalen Reger. Just like, I don't know, like by a smidge, but yeah, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I'm going Justin Jefferson too. And the same thing, the same thing Kevin said, you know, they're the only two that can win it. It obviously would have been Joe Barrow had he played a full season. If two had played a little bit longer, he could have had a shot. If CD Lamb had Dak. Okay. A little bit longer, like in a game, and didn't get pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick every mm-hmm. single time. <laughs> uh, so I'll do the the re- rookies of the year for defense. I also I don't know if I agree with that. I think I think Herbert or Jefferson still could have beat Burrow. Herbert's stats were better than Burrow. Like it was trending, Herbert yeah. even before he got hurt. All right, so this one is a little bit. You know, this is. Uh, all right, this is a little bit easier because there's only four. So it is uh, J- J- Julian Blackman of the Colts. It is Antoine Winfield of the Bucks. That's a big one. Jeremy Chin of the Panthers and Chase Young of Washington football team. So of those four, who do you guys like? I think Chase Young's going to win the award. Don't love it, especially after uh, the playoff game. His career's over, as Vince attested to. So I don't think he should really win an award after his career's already been finished. I the guy that I want to win it again, somebody that I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy, and somebody that is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Hopefully, Antoine Winfield Jr. Dude's a stud. Plays great. Um, unfortunately, was not there for the NFC Championship game, but hopefully, he's back for the Super Bowl. And also, just like the most obvious thing in the world. Like, how did you not draft? You know, like he was going to work out. It was just so obvious he was going to work yep. out. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, Jeremy Chin. Chin. Just out of spite for the Eagles, I'm choosing all the people that they passed on. 
So I chose Justin Jefferson for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Jeremy Chin for Defensive Rookie of the Year because someone decided we're taking a backup quarterback instead. Jeremy Chin, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with the pedophile Chase Young. Uh, <laughs> for the record, he's not. Just his name means pedophile. Um, you ended his career, yeah. though. Yeah, but if you're tech, they're supposed to base it just off the regular season. So if they just do that, I think he's I think he's the guy. Did you really do that much this year? What, like, what were his stats? He, I think he'll win off namesake. His, yeah. his stats were not that impressive. I remember, like, at one point, Josh Sweat had better stats than him, and this wasn't like after a week too. This was like was for a few weeks, was he not? Yeah. Let's see what his stats were. Hold on. Played in fifteen games. He, I, he didn't miss. Just, I thought he missed more than one game, but whatever. He had 32 solo tackles, 44 combined, 12 QB hits, seven and a half sacks. It's not bad by any means. He had one. He had one fumble return, three fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown. Mm, I mean, fumble recoveries look cool. All right, you guys ready to move on to the last one? Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. So a lot more nominees for this one as well. So we've got Jalen Ramsey. We've got Cameron Hayward, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, DeForest Bunkner, Jair Alexander, and Aaron Donald, and TJ Watt. Sorry, Watt got cut off at the end. Which is ironic. I'll just say mine because I was like, wait, where's TJ Watt? He's he's my prediction. It's TJ Watt. Um, the guy I think is going to win it is Aaron Donald. The guy who I would like to win it, same team, Jalen Ramsey. Dude can just shut almost anybody down. And I know it's only on regular season, but we saw what he did in the playoffs. Just elevates his game and how he can just literally is the closest thing I've ever seen to Deion Sanders since me watching Deion Sanders, which you guys probably never saw him in his prime. I never saw him. You never saw him even when he played for the Ravens? No. Wow. What year did he retire? Mm, I don't know. And if only you guys had a producer to look that up. <laughs> I don't think that – I mean, it, it, when he was playing for them, it probably was in the 90s. I, I, so no, I, I was – Retired 2001, 2005. No, 2005 he played for Baltimore. Uh, well, yeah, I was 10. So I guess I should remember that. I really don't remember him at all, though, to be honest. When he, uh, I was like six or seven, so I definitely don't remember. He played in six, he was 38 years old in 2005. He played in 16 games, had two interceptions, (laughs) one forced fumble, 30 tackles at age 38 playing corner. Not bad. No, he's playing safety, I believe. And they don't play him safety. All right. Um, no. <laughs> Vincent? Vince, you're you're up here, pal, for playing. That was stolen because I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I think Aaron Donald probably wins it. I think he's like – you know how they can just give the MVP to LeBron every year? And they don't. I know, like, they don't, but yeah, they should. It's like a, it's like a, 
it's like a tired cliche. Like they could just give it to LeBron every year. And whenever, whenever there's a year or something, no one has that fantastic of a season. It's a LeBron year. Like, I feel like it's borderline between TJ Watt having a fantastic year and them just giving it to Aaron Donald. I agree. I th- I think that, and looking at the odds, it appears that way too, that it'll come down to those two. So I, I think, I think you're right. You're like Aaron Donald, like you just give it to him every year. And if there's no one else that sticks out, you just give it to him. Mm-hmm. If you don't give it to him, he's going to you know, knife fight you. Kill you. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you guys have anything else, I think I'm good. I think I'm good as well. I uh, I can't wait for the next two weeks. Next week on our episode, we'll dive into the Super Bowl. Um, may have a guest come on as well. And as the offseason comes on, we're definitely going to uh, be having more and more guests on each week in pertaining to the draft and next season. But yeah, um, fun playoffs. They kind of went sort of how I expected kind of thought the, the Packers were going to be in the Super Bowl, but um, definitely thought the chiefs were going to be in there, but they were fun. I had the Packers too. And then I was watching the game and you know, the bucks were winning and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot Tom Brady. <laughs> I about that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm good for this week. Thank you to Stateside Vodka, as always, for tasting good every time I have vodka. I have pre- pretty much given up buying other vodka. I don't yeah. even go to the liquor store anymore. Done. So thank you to Stateside Vodka for saving me a trip to, to the liquor store. Okay. They're even helping out during a pandemic. You don't have mm-hmm. to. That's one less place you need to go to and chance getting COVID. Mitigated risk by boozing at home with Stateside. Thank that's you. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Booze at home while listening to Birds First Boys. We will catch you next week. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.